This episode of With Love and Justice for All is brought to you by Bliss Books and Wine. Bliss Books and Wine is an independent black-owned bookstore for wine enthusiasts and book lovers. Listed as one of the black-owned bookstores in America that amplify the best in literature by OprahDaily.com, Bliss Books and Wine is your go-to for all your favorite titles, including ebooks and audiobooks. And when we buy from black-owned businesses, we are helping to create a world of racial equity. When ordering online, use the code 846BOOK for a 10% discount. That's 846-B-O-O-K for a 10% discount at blissbooksandwine.com. In order to advance racial equity, there is work for white people and people of color to do together and separately. The Project Sanctus Affinity Groups provide safe spaces for people to work within their own racial and ethnic groups. Join us every first and third Wednesday of the month at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Zoom for brave, vulnerable conversations and for building culture through engaging embodied practices. For more details and a registration, visit ProjectSanctus.com. Exploring the healing and culture building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Welcome to Project Sanctus Podcast with Love and Justice for All. I'm Reverend Kelly Isola, and this is a place where we have conversations around embodied anti-racism, dismantling oppression, uh, fostering liberation, and all the ways that we can foster liberation, that's hence the title, Love and Justice for All. Uh, particularly, uh, we try to focus on the special challenges that arise for spiritual seekers. And when I say we, I mean me and my partner in crime and consciousness, Reverend Ogan Holder. Um, uh, yeah, I'm here. Um, Hi. He's here. Yes. Sorry. Brain cloud. <laughs> We are also right now, yeah, it's going to be interesting next 45 minutes or so. I'm just trying to get out the welcome. And I'm like, well, well. we always want to thank our listeners and our subscribers. And we like to keep track in the, um, you know, the analytics, the numbers to see where, where listeners are coming from. And we have uh, Missouri and Texas, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, California, and even beyond that, we have a global community, people that subscribe and are listening in from France, Canada, uh, the UK, Brazil, and even Ukraine. From uh, sea makes... to shining sea. That's right. From sea to shining sea, all the way around. Today's episode is, we've titled, Maybe Parents Don't Know Best. Uh, we're talking about social emotional learning and uh, what that is and um how that it, actually what sparked our conversation was um there's now this battleground around people that that have gotten think crt critical race theory is being taught in schools but it's not if you hear nothing else from today's show know that crt critical race theory is not being taught in schools but now these people that think it is and why they're against it and they don't even know what it is but they're against it using they're now um 
using social emotional learning, which is a real thing. And we're going to dive into that. But but now that's become the, the front line of these battlegrounds of um, trying to control what's going on in schools because banning books and misinformation and, um, you know, uh, this is what this is what happens against transgender and. This is what happens when you know a little bit, but not enough. You know, you know enough to be dangerous. <laughs> you know enough to be really dangerous. Yeah. Yes. But not enough to make sense. So. Right. right. So we'll, we get, yeah, we're gonna dive in, but uh, but before we do that, uh, we'll we'll start off with with some announcements, some reminders. Um, as always, um, we we live stream when we re- record this podcast. We generally do it Tuesdays and Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern. I say generally because we have to make some exceptions. Like today, it is, it is, what time is it? It's 11. No, it's a little after 10 central time. I'm in central, I'm in Chicago right now. So I am like, my whole world is the time. It's only an hour difference, man, but it's, it's like I've lost (laughs) track of everything. I've been unmoored. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. J- just an hour time difference. And we had a we had to move the recording up because because some events I have going on this evening. So it's a whole thing. But generally, generally, if you want to if you want to hear us and watch us do this in real time, Tuesdays and Fridays, 3 p.m. Eastern, we should probably start announcing when we shift the recording time. Duh. Hello. Yeah. We should probably do that. Um, and you can win on the conversation in, in the Facebook comment stream. Um, we also have a um, voicemail set up, um, 413-GET-HOLY, that's 413-438-4659 if you want to leave a message. Um, some things, events we got coming up. Um, we've got a couple of book studies, book groups going on. We've got uh, our, our nonfiction book groups called Do the Work. This is an anti-racist activity workbook that we are making our way through um, some very deep learning yet engaging activities. So you can join in on that anytime. You don't have to have been there from the beginning. And we got a few more uh, Tuesday nights of doing that, Tuesday, 7 to 9 p.m. on Zoom. And then our fiction reading um, book club, um, October 27th, that's coming up. Um, How the One-Armed Sister Sweeps Your House. It's by a Barbadian author. Um, they got some real like deep cut Barbadian references, Caribbean references, which I know I'm going to have to do some translating for folks <laughs> when we meet, which I, which I don't mind. Cause honestly, some of them, some of them, I had to like go deep into the recesses of my memory oh. and go like, oh yeah. Okay. I remember what that is. I've been gone too long. Um, so, <laughs> so, uh, you could pick up these books and any books from, uh, Bliss Books and Wine bookstore or online black owned, uh, bookstore partners use the code eight, four, six book. Uh, for a 10% discount. A couple of workshops we got coming up. Um, intersectionality, why a new prism is needed. The, we're about a week, almost a week out from that. Um, it's October 20, 21st, 22nd, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. each of those days. Um, this is this is a pretty big deal workshop in terms of if you kind of want to take like a deeper dive into the what's next, into you know, if you know we got the basics of what anti-racism is, and and now we're truly looking in our respective spaces, whether it's our workplace, our families, our homes, our our spiritual communities, wherever you are, and you really kind of want to begin to take that deep dive into how do we really create the space and be aware of of all the really, I, I don't want to say not obvious, but but yeah, those not obvious ways in which we try to 
protect the obvious and cater to the obvious discriminations, but but miss a lot of the subtle ones because we don't realize um, how the multiple ways, because of how the multiple ways people show up, the multiple ways discrimination happens against them. So um, this, you know, this workshop really dives deep into that. So we hope that um, you'll want to take a look at that. And also on November 12th, um, Love and Rage, a contemplative play shop on liberation based on the work of Lamarad Owens. This is this really is a workshop that a one day workshop that centered around anger and redefining our relationship to anger, using anger as really kind of that pathway to a deeper relationship and evolution of love. So, um, you know, many times in new thought, spiritual communities, especially we we're taught we're taught to try to avoid anger. Anger yeah. gets a bad rap. Um, and the, the goal is to, quote, overcome or anger and this workshop or just make it go away yeah make it go away yeah, make it make it go away um ignore it um it's bad we must be doing some we must not be doing something right if we're still getting angry about things or right. or we're tired of being angry we don't want to be angry anymore so so this this workshop really um takes a look at all of that um so that's november 12th it's an all-day workshop it's a saturday at 10 to 5 30 of course we got breaks in between uh, there. So um, for all these things and so much more, visit projectsanctus.com. <laughs> you too can learn more. You too can learn more. All right. So that's it for the announcements and what's coming up. So so today um, I I was the one who sort of brought this discussion forward because of an article that I scrolled by on NPR that um, really was uh, caught my attention and it's um, the title of the article was how social emotional learning became a front line in the battle against CRT. And I was like social emotional learning and my, my, the, the deep neurons, the deep buried neurons in my brain from when I was a classroom teacher <laughs> <laughs> sort of, sort of started to wiggle and fire up a little bit, you know, you know, like that dull glow light, um, when you when you first hit a dimmer switch and and there's that hum because uh, not enough electricity is flowing and I'm like wait social emotional learning why is that ringing like this faint bell in the back of recesses of my mind and and what does that have to do with CRT critical race theory like I was a teacher and I think I remember what that is so I was really really curious so I dived into the article. Um, and this was, again, on NPR, dated September 26th this year. And apparently what's happening is, you know, critical race theory has sort of become that dog whistle for um, to scare parents, uh, white bodied parents, especially, but not just white bodied parents, but to scare parents, especially of younger children. And it's become, um, unfortunately, and erroneously synonymous with teaching actual history, right? So critical race theory has become this idea that uh, folks are teaching children, um, um, they should be ashamed that they're white because of all the things their ancestors did, or if they're black, they're automatically victims. And it's, it's, become, it's become, again, this dog whistle for actually, for, for fragile white bodies, okay? Uh, so if you've seen the videos of 
parents in school board meetings just yelling and screaming and threatening officials. It's kind of sort of around critical race theory. And that's just the bare overview of what it critical race theory has become as we as we talk more in, in today's show, just in case you weren't aware of what CRT is, we'll break that down a little bit also. But now what's happening in schools is that Again, as we said at the top of the show, just some parents know just enough to be dangerous. Um, they're beginning to link other well-established classroom and teaching uh, methodology, methodologies, theories. They're trying to link it all now to critical race theory, simply because it does any teaching method that um, teaches the children how to become critical thinkers. Let me see critical thinkers like, you know, self-aware, uh, asking more questions about things, diving in a little bit has now become um, um, in their eyes connected to critical race theory. So in a nutshell, it feels like anything that's teaching a kid to ask more questions is now inherently a bad thing. So, yeah, that's that's where we are. So, so. So I talked to Kelly and I was like, hey, social emotional learning, like remind me what that is, because I haven't I, I haven't talked about that in like decades, literally. And Kelly's like, oh, yes, because Kelly, Kelly, the master teacher that she is, <laughs> was all over it. She was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I use this as an, and this is what I teach. This is how it I has teach. certificates in it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. When I tell her she's like one of She's probably the smartest, if not one of the smartest people I know. And she kind of like blushes and rolls her eyes and said, oh, no, 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 that's ridiculous. I'm like, no, it's not ridiculous. It's kind of true. So, so teacher Kelly, <laughs> bring us, bring us up to speed with, you know, in great detail in the next four minutes, bring us, bring us up to speed with what is exactly is social emotional learning and why it matters why is it why is it important that that this is a skill set a, a a theory a you know a, a methodology of teaching that is important for our children can you do all that in four minutes or we need some more time uh i'll try um yeah i'll try to do the bullet point thing uh, it, social emotional learning is um has been around nearly as long as public education this is not a new thing. It's, it's, um, but, uh, you know, conservative far right have latched onto it. Uh, and, you know, it, it's, and put it um, under this umbrella, um, because it hit, you know, one of the things about this backlash and not wanting to teach CRT in schools, which they're not, but why we don't want to talk about race in school is because white students will feel badly and they'll have emotions. And which is exactly what we act, would like students to. It's how we mature. It's how we grow up. So social emotional learning is, is holistic. It, it takes a look at the entire child, the entire being, and um, helps develop um, multiple skills for navigating in the world like and it's based on the work of emotional intelligence by uh daniel goleman who's the you know the 
the father of emotional intelligence, but it's, but social emotional learning is, is looking at the whole being and helping the child, helping the student and it's adult learners too. So it's not just, you know, I, I say child, but any, any setting that you're in where there's learning going on, there's what we're, what social emotional learning does is it helps the person become more self-aware. The more self-aware a person is in terms of recognizing their emotions, naming them, the effects their emotions have on themselves, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and on others, um, the the more aware, self-aware we are, the more confidence we have. Um, So who doesn't want to raise a child that has a stronger sense of self-worth? you know, in a stronger sense of, of confidence, what, whatever they're doing. It teaches, it supports the learners in regulating, like self-management, you know, rather than just, you know, think about, so this is a, this is probably a terrible analogy to use, but if you watch, um, oh, now, now I've forgotten, what's uh, Big Bang, right? And, and Sheldon, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sheldon is is the the um, the character that everybody sort of looks at and goes, what? Because he's so out of touch with people's emotions and social environments, lacks social skills. So he's his character while we joke, but is really a, a good metaphor or poster child for someone that has a low level of emotional intelligence, just is not that self-aware, just kind of goes through life. And we laugh, you know, because it is because the scenarios are funny. However, um, when we don't support learners in self-regulating and being self-aware and being transparent, learning how to adapt, like who doesn't want to know how to adapt in difficult situations? Who doesn't want you know, children and to grow into adults who are um, persistent and, you know, can um, can move through obstacles and challenges. Um, who doesn't want a child that grows up to be, you know, empathic, that understands empathy, can understand others and take action to ease their suffering. It also then translates into social emotional learning um, is also, you know, it's not just individual, but organizationally, you know, we learn social awareness, like you walk into a room, you walk into an office, you walk into, you know, whatever, meeting one person, meeting 50 people, and you can, you understand the dynamics of what's, um, what's going on in the room. It, it, Social emotional learning supports the, the person in developing a service minded mindset, meaning being socially aware and and helping to ease suffering and builds, you know, inspirational leadership, um, allows us to move through change, can influence. I mean, it's just an and huge deal, um, conflict transformation rather than running from conflict, you know, like, ah, you know, so conflict avoidant or pushing against it like a John Deere tractor, learning how to be in the discomfort, learning how to do, you know, teamwork and collaboration. I mean, there's so many benefits. That was more than four minutes, I know. But social, emotional learning (laughs) is... Good thing it's our podcast and we can go as long as we want. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm from New York and I can talk fast. Uh, But social, emotional learning is... Is, is developing a whole healthy being. You know, it's very holistic. Right. It's, it's, it's from, you know, inside out. It's not, um, it's so not a bad thing. Right. Um, but because it talks about empathy or it's about 
community engagement or it's about, God forbid, students, you know, have feelings and they're, you know, uncomfortable, um, you know, some yeah. far right conservative ill-informed people um, have, you know, they, they refer to it as a Trojan horse and that right. it's, it's a new variant of a CRT virus. And I'm like, are, are you kidding me? Like now I really want what you're smoking. because <laughs> It's just, it's just. So, so idiotic. So to remind, remind listeners about what critical race theory actually is, it is, it is a legal framework. It is, it is again, something that's been around for decades and totally not in the public sphere until this like right wing um, um, reporter decided to, to dredge it up. And I, I forget the guy's name and I don't even want to give him the credit, um, but, but decided to use it as like a flashpoint um, for, again, very fragile parents either a don't want their children to be uncomfortable or really honestly don't want themselves to be uncomfortable um, talking around these issues. Um, so, so this reporter like dug this up and decided to, to, to throw this into the public sphere. And, um, and, but, but it's that, it's that theory that speaks uh, that speaks to how um racism and white supremacy is inherently embedded in a lot of the laws and policies governing governing the nation. And you can point to it, um, how it's entrenched in, 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 in everything. So again, it's, it's, it's the theory and something that, you know, people study in detail in law school, but what it became repackaged as, again, anything that makes our, our children uncomfortable because it relates to the real history of the United States, it became a catch-all for that phrase. So again, to be clear, actual critical race theory is not being taught in any of our K through 12 public schools. That doesn't, that doesn't happen to you or like in law school or the university uh, level, or I would assume at a college level, um, because it's hit it, because it's hit the, the zeitgeist as it has, I would imagine maybe 11th, 12th grade social studies classes. It's been coming up in high school, but no one's being indoctrinated into anything. Um, and interestingly enough, school administrators and educators didn't realize that this connection that was being made between social emotional learning, SEL and CRT was happening until parents are coming and asking, how do you yeah. use, you know, social emotional learning to teach critical race theory? And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> what, what are you, what are you, what are y'all talking about? You know, first of all, we're not teaching CRT and, and what is, wait, what are, how are these two things? connected and and it's becoming such a unfortunate mistaken narrative that now it is affecting policy so for example florida department of education florida um when they not just yeah not just florida the, but, but i'm using florida yeah. as an example uh florida and texas the poster children of taking this back um when they issued specifications for this year's social studies textbooks it indicated critical race theory, social justice, culturally responsive teaching, social and emotional learning, and any other unsolicited theories that may lead to student indoctrination are prohibited. 
any other unsolicited theories. First of all, I don't know when they say unsolicited. Does that mean no one's asking for this? And, you know, at what point do so? So back to the title of our show, parents, parents don't get to roll in and ask the teachers what to teach, even though this is this is the issue, right? This is what this is being packaged as that parents should be the ones that decide what the children should be taught or not. And again, as a parent, as a parent, yes, what happens in my child's school matters, right? Uh, well, my kid's 22, so she's she's pretty much college senior 22. Uh, I honestly don't want to take the deep dive into her curriculum. Um, <laughs> plus, she's a dance major, so I wouldn't have a clue. But right. like when she was in elementary school and middle school, yes, of course, I took a vested interest into what she was learning. Um, and did, did I agree necessarily with everything in the curriculum? Mm, I don't recall that there was anything that I had pushback against. In fact, I thought there was some more things that needed to go in. However, however, the point was I trusted, I trusted the school system and the educators because this is what they do for a living, right? It's like when you go to your doctor and your surgeon, even if you get second opinions, you trust what they're saying. Um, for the most part. Um, and so, but now the narrative is that the teachers and educators can't be trusted and the parents, many of whom have little to no formal education in, in teaching and instruction and the subject matters that are being taught are now suddenly feeling like they need to take control of, of what's happening. So, well, the, 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 here's the, one of the biggest challenges about it and why the, you know, maybe parents got it wrong, um, you know, or don't know, maybe, maybe parents don't know is that social emotional learning has been around for decades and decades. Right. It's had other names, Yes, you know, um, you know, culturally responsive learning and, and just multiple different names. And it's your, your children have, been in classrooms and engaged in social emotional learning for decades. Yes, you as and the now, parent, you as the parent now probably encountered some of it. <laughs> yeah, sort of deal. And, which and apparently, apparently, it didn't stick because if it stuck, <laughs> you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be doing this. And of course, let's again, let's be clear. This is our disclaimer. Of course, we're not talking about all parents. We're specifically referring no. to to the parents who are becoming. Um, upset and triggered um, by these by these things. And again, um, one of those favorite, one of the favorite, um, we call it a dog whistle catchphrases of the indoctrination, right? So this yeah. is another this is another term that's being thrown out there to scare parents. Our kids are being indoctrinated in schools. Um, and it's it's very dangerous. It's a very dangerous concept because um you know, when our kids go to school, yeah, that's the, they're there to learn things, right? And right. it's not just academics, right? All the quote unquote soft skills of being a human being is the school is that learning place for and that. And they're, they're not even soft skills anymore. They're <laughs> skills necessary to navigate the world we're in. Yes. You cannot. And so this is where the ignorant are latching on to to SEL and connecting it to to critical race theory is that you cannot um, 
um, spend any time um, engaged in social emotional learning without talking about your own identity, without having the identity component, and um, which then also will by default include how you you know fit into larger society like right. how how you play in the world because it's not just about individual social emotional learning it's how i'm situated in the world and if i'm going to be healthy and i'm going to be emotionally stable and empathic and you know move through difficult times and build my resistance i have to understand my own identity as relative society and i have to understand the people around me that they have different perspectives different lived experiences come from different places different cultures and and rather than just this you know you i i have no idea how you can you know, raise a healthy child, um, have healthy relationships and not engage in social emotional learning. I, I, I don't, I, I don't get it. I really don't. Yes. Um, so um, taking a little bit deeper dive into the, uh, <laughs> the unfortunate alarm bells that are going off that don't need to be going off. Um, there's a website called, um, or an organization called the Center for Re Renew in America. And this is a this is a conservative site, and they have on this um, um, a glossary of CRT related terms. Okay, um, so this is the this is sort of the like when you hear these terms, your alarm bell should go off that critical race theory might be nearby. Okay, yeah. um, some 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 of the terms on here, <laughs> some of the terms on here. There, I mean, it's hilarious. Uh, the term praxis is yep. on here okay what does the word praxis mean that literally means putting it into practice yeah right so basically when so i remember when i went to school to become a teacher and i was a music teacher but you know there there are certain fundamentals to education that no matter what subject matter you're teaching you have to learn and one of the classes was was praxis so how do you take how do you take the the theory how do you take the you know what you read in the textbooks. How do you how do you um, create exercises or plans or activities for the children to do to help them take in the information? So basically, praxis is how do you teach or right? So you're not the kids not just sitting there reading a book. There's engaging activities. So I'm not sure again how that's related to CRT, but again, just teaching. Um, the word ontological is on there. Ontological, oh, which is simply, <laughs> again simply a word that means having to uh, do with existence, right? You know, the relationship between things, how things originate and are connected. Uh, ontological. So again, a very neutral word that has nothing to do with 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 anything um as as well so these just are the these, nature just the nature of being the nature so i don't know how you shoehorn that into something <laughs> i don't know uh here's another one uh critical self-awareness or self-reflection huh yeah we don't want people self-reflecting no or or even worse self-reflect so the critical part again this is yeah. the important part because you can be self-aware and not think there's absolutely anything wrong with you <laughs> Right. right. Or, or rather oh, oh, any, 
anything that needs to be addressed. So you can be a hundred percent narcissist, be very self-aware of your traits and think I'm perfectly okay. So the critical part of that, of course, is the, is the, let me take a look at who I am, what I believe and ask some deep questions around that, but we can't have that apparently. Um, It's the word critical. It's, it's, it's the word critical, right? We can't, we can't ask questions. Uh, equity, equity. That's a, Oh God, we don't want that. We, we don't want, we don't want equity. Um, Oh, here's a, (laughs) I'm like really, uh, the word hegemony. Okay. Fancy, fancy word that, that simply means, uh, part of, part of the, not part of the origin of things, Mm-hmm. How, how things came into being again this is just um this applies to i mean everything every it's it's just the word i don't understand help me understand i mean but the point is now this is why this becomes dangerous right because um now parents are combing through this list and combing through their children's i don't know homework curriculum um, and if there's any of these words jumping out or even anything that relates to this, now it becomes, oh, you're teaching my kid critical race theory, as opposed to I'm just teaching your kid how to think, not what to think, but developing those thinking skills, which right. then they could apply to anything. So, so it's becoming a dangerous time, I think, um, uh, for education, um, I mentioned I mentioned Florida, but here's another way this is showing up. Um, uh, you know, states like Oklahoma and Wisconsin are also proposing and passing bills that are 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 trying to take social emotional learning again. And and here's the thing: social emotional learning isn't like uh, uh, it, it isn't especially at the you know lower grades public school levels. It isn't like a subject in and of itself. No. Right. It's it's just the idea of how do we teach our children to, again, process information, um, be aware of themselves and all the things that you listed earlier. So it's it's sort of it sort of comes up during all learning situations and even non learning situations right out on the playground and. And kids get well, into scuffles and stuff, and teachers have to and counselors. That's how the do you place, relate thing, right? Well, that's the that's the whole point of social emotional learning is right. to equip students to have the tools, so when they go out into the big bad world, they can they they as they grow, they learn how to navigate complicated situations. They learn how to navigate things that are unjust and unfair. Um, that's the whole you know one of the biggest things about social emotional learning is equipping students, equipping your children, you know, um, helping to develop um, students that, uh, and individuals and later adults and leaders who, who are, who have empathy, who can, you know, be interested in another, I don't have to agree with what another person believes in, but be able to to be in a context, be able to be in a challenging conversation, be able to help ease someone's suffering. Right. Do, I, I just, uh, you know, to just be curious. Um, yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, so I find let's... it depressing. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. 
It's oh. because it's it's so not a it's just it's not a you know with with it's not a set package of something. It's how it's how we engage with each other. It's how we right. learn how to be you know um, good humans. Right. So so if so, how a teacher might ap- apply social emotional learning in their classroom planning. Um, and I pull this out of uh, off the website, weareteachers.com. So it yeah. says uh, SEL is a way to plan lessons with inclusivity in mind. And it says creating inclusive classroom communities means you examine not just your classroom culture, but the content you teach and the instructional choices you make during planning. So this is a four-step approach for teachers. I'm not trying to teach the teachers. I'm trying to, you know, talk to parents here. Um, so that that in which social emotional learning makes its way into your planning. So here's here's a here's the four questions teachers ask themselves. Um, one, grade level. Am I holding my students to high expectations of rigor? So grade level appropriate in terms of, you know, where they are and where I want to take them as a teacher. Second question, is my, is my content engaging um, both my students' minds and hearts? Third question, is it affirming? As in, will students be able to answer the question, why am I learning this? Right. So for me, this is this is this is the one that always got me as a student, especially when I was doing uh, calculus and trigonometry. Why, yeah. Why, why am I learning this? I'm sorry. Why? Yeah. Why do I need this? <laughs> right. You know, alge- so here's the thing, uh, you know, algebra I got because when I could when I could when I figured out the real world applications of algebra, I was like, oh, I'm into this. This makes sense. Uh, calculus could never could never really figure that out. Um, and fourth, meaningful. Does the content connect to the community or students' prior knowledge and experience? So these are questions teachers are asking themselves as they're planning. And this is how social emotional learning um, works its way in, right? So again, when you when you think of these four things, it's really quite a leap to go from here to this this involves critical race theory except except and this is where you can see it and why I think it's important is now um, if if the idea of critical race theory is again um, white supremacy norms are embedded in 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 all our nation's policies and um, just really sort of the framework in which everything is built upon that includes our education, right? So to mm-hmm. some extent, it's also teachers taking a look at perhaps applying social emotional learning to themselves. Where are my inherent biases? Do I have inherent biases? Are these coming through in the way I teach? Do I favor some children over others? Do I make assumptions about children and their ability to learn based on things like the way they look or, you know, the neighborhood they live in or, you know, and I'll be honest, as a person who taught children for many years, those inherent biases, those are real, right? Um, Because it's part of how the greater narrative that is, again, white supremacy influence seeps its way into us as just human beings. So part of social emotional learning as we apply it to ourselves as 
those who are teachers and instructors is to ask, is to take a critical examination of ourselves so that then we can begin to deconstruct and decolonize those in, in those implicit things, those, those internalized things that will make their way um, into um, the classroom through us. And you have so many examples of videos and, 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 and articles online of how teachers in, you know, internalize implicit biases um, and unconscious biases show up in the classroom um, as well. And mostly it comes at the hands of students recording them going like teachers, teachers be crazy. Um, so, so there's, so there's part of that as well. So if that's the leap they're making, um, I say, yes, let's go for it because, because teachers are not, teachers are not immune to unconscious and internalized biases. We're, we're not because we're human as well. And we have to be able to take a look at that and, and, and examine that regardless of our skin, what, what our skin color is as the teacher. Um, but that's part of also how we are teaching our students. We're modeling what we want them to do as well. So, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, we're, we're talking about in, you know, inclusive spaces, um, which also is in the minute, I think there's a lot of, <clears throat> um, not, uh, a lot of ignorant people that they hear the word inclusive and it makes this leap to, oh, if you're talking inclusive, that means, and then all the things that they don't want, you know, don't be right. teaching my child about racism. Don't be teaching my child about LGBT, you know, yes, all of these this things. Is inclusive means teaching my white body child to feel bad about him, his or herself. Right. They think that's what it means, but, yeah. but social emotional learning is, um, is that the critical piece, right? And I know it's one of those buzzwords from the from the list that you gave, but it's you know it, it's being able to engage the differences, um, whatever those differences are, um, you know, different, uh, um, you know, maybe there's a there's someone in the classroom who only has one parent or never met their grandparents or you know has a swimming pool and this child doesn't. Um, maybe one moved around a lot and the other one is, you know, lives in the same house that the great grandparents built. Um, I mean, there's so many different, different pieces to our identity and to our lived experience. And part of social emotional learning is engaging those differences and using those stories and lived experiences as assets, um, because it, it then also allows the student to have a sense of belonging, right, to have a sense of connection. Um, and to be able to see themselves in this space, right? To be able to see themselves in a broader community, to be able to see themselves within, you know, whatever space they're in. Um, the, um, it, you know, it's just social emotional learning is, it, it builds flexibility. I said it earlier, it builds resiliency. It, um, yeah, I just, uh, you know, it's not like there's this checklist that, that someone can go down about social emotional learning, right. um, but it's, um, it's, it's supporting the learner, whether adult, whatever age, and being able to move more with more confidence in the world and whatever you believe. I mean, why would I not want my child to be more mindful, to be more aware of people suffering to, to be able to connect to right. what's going on in the world or in their own backyard. 
Um, yeah. So again, again, this is because, well, I don't, I don't think parents don't want that, but again, it's been, it's, 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 it's again, how do we, it's, it's a question of these things being weaponized, right? Yes. It's being weaponized for political purposes. And again, if you don't think that it really works, I'll, you know, give the example, the, the one that, that was close to home for me sort of because of where I live in Virginia recently, it, it swayed the gubernatorial, um, right. Last gubernatorial election, right. Because, um, Glenn Youngkin, the Republican basically used this to, to activate the parents, um, and, and, and the parents were like, yeah, we don't want CRT in our classrooms. And he was like, they want to ban CRT from classrooms. Again, how do you ban something that isn't being taught, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Can't say it, that enough, right? Right. But, but, but it <laughs> happened and they, and they, and they bought into it again, the fear, the fear being activated. And now we get to the point where, as we mentioned in previous um, episodes, um, now that he's governor, he reversed the policy of, of now trans children have to use the restroom that um, is aligned with the, their birth gender um, as yeah. opposed to how um, they identify. And that's, and students recently had a walkout um, in objection to that. So it's just creating more and more hassles um, and, and creating unsafe spaces for the most um, vulnerable children. Um, and in a weird way, it's, again, neglecting our children and putting them in greater harm's way because we are removing, yes. we're removing an important life skill yes. from, from, from their learning process. Multiple life skills. People that uh, have a, have a, uh, have not matured much in emotional intelligence, you know, with a low level of self-awareness, um, they don't understand why people get offended by the things they say and the things they do. They're not able to put themselves into someone mm -hmm. else's shoes. Um, they don't read body language. They don't have any idea that they've hurt someone's feelings or right. um, that they've done something, you know, um, you know, kind of out of step, which means they're, they, they're less capacity for, you know, the practice of forgiveness, less capacity for being able to inspire others, less capacity for, you know, persisting in the face of difficulties and challenges, um, you know, less, very less likely to, you know, to see the gifts in someone else and help develop them. Uh, it's just, yeah, I frankly, I, I don't want, I don't think we need more unforgiving people in the world. <laughs> no, we um, don't. <laughs> and I think that if you're, if you're, you know, looking at, at children, if, um, if I'm raising a child that, that, you know, I've in so much of box and I'm like, no, none of the social emotional learning. And if they don't build the skills to understand why things they say and do offend others, you're you're raising a child that is walled off from the world that is afraid that is like a constant state of anxiety because yeah. they just don't understand what's going on around them they can't put anybody they can't step into someone else's place so they always so the place that i'm in my shoes are always right you know right. this is the you know and it's just 
I, you know, think about it, people like this domino effect yeah. by walling off. Do you really want your child to have no idea that they've hurt someone's feelings? No, I right. want my child to know. Well, it also it. Yes, I do want my child to know and um, be able to also, walk them through it. <laughs> right. Right. But isn't this also so this, this is a great point. This also sort of um, supports that. Uh, what I like to call the American gaslighting story of of rugged individualism, right? So it's yeah. that idea of um, are my needs being met? That's that's in in an unhealthy way the the touchstone for everything versus me 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 right right me, me. <laughs> versus the versus the idea of 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 my choices, my behavior are not isolationary they they affect right. all the people around me and can i can i be both compassionate and empathetic enough to to realize that um but this 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 is antithetical to to the american story um or or at least one one version of the american story i like to say there are multiple versions but you know the main version um so so invitation to parents if you are a parent or you know someone who's a parent, or you are, you know, in an adult that's present in the life of a child on a semi-regular basis, or you're just an adult who cares about, you know, um, raising um, good. Um, I don't want to use the word good. Raising if you're if you're an adult who is worried that the next generation or subsequent generations um, are self-absorbed. <laughs> You'd like them to be less self-absorbed yeah. uh, um, and, you know, kinder, again, more empathetic, compassionate, all the things we talked about. Um, this is this is a great opportunity to be a voice at school board meetings, at in your in the classrooms to other parents around social emotional learning and to bring a better sense of awareness um, an education around the topic, especially if you happen to know other parents who who just bought into the narrative that this is something dangerous. This is this is the opposite of dangerous. Not learning these skills is the dangerous part. Um, Absolutely. So, so Absolutely. Be, a, be a voice for that. Um, um, learn about what social emotional learning really is, and and let other parents know. Um, yeah. And, and, and it will, as you know, if I'm going to be around children in a teaching capacity, or even as a, a parent, an aunt, a friend, a neighbor, whatever, is uh, me doing my work and me, you know, those, uh, you know, the skills that I talked about at the beginning of, you know, the self-awareness and relationship skills, social awareness, um, all of those, you know, I'm having to, to, um, to develop my own, you know, mature in my own emotional intelligence. And one of the ways is one way to support those around me. So let's coming back, if there's children in my life is how I have conversation with them. I don't have to, I don't have to pay. I don't have to be on any particular topic, but the way that I ask a question, I can ask an exploratory question. Well, what do you think about blah, blah, blah? Like yeah. if I hear a child responding to something from school or they saw on the cartoon they're watching or the news or mom said, then you just ask, well, what do you think about that? Yeah. You know, yeah. Or, or what bothers or confuses you about that? I'm not, I'm not 
indoctrinating anybody. I'm asking a question that supports the child in developing some self, you know, awareness, the open-ended questions, you know, what's your understanding of that? You know, what do you want to know about that? You know, what's some questions that you have, not the yes and no questions. Um, It's also, it's also the perfect, it's also the perfect parent's revenge. Think about it this way. Remember when your child just asked, incessantly why yes. why why all the time now you get to yes. turn the tables that's right on, on, on them so you know there's also the there's also the fun element of it yes if, yes. if nothing else <laughs> um it, you know and asking them i like well how do you feel about that or what do you think right. the other person might be feeling or what do you think they're thinking so yeah. it's asking these you know and, and there's a whole lot of different ways to ask questions um you know hypothetical ones um, well, if we adults aren't asking those questions about ourselves, <laughs> right? Well, you'd be surprised <laughs> you know, how many that, you're not. But that's my point. So, so yeah. how do we how, how how do we know to ask our children if we don't ask them of ourselves? So it's a learning right. for us as well as a, as a, as adults. Um, so 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 please hit up Doctor Google, search up social emotional learning, um, educate yourselves. Um, as well, and um, and realize that it's uh, it's good for all of us, um, and also realize that it's not a new thing. As we said at the top of the show, it's not been, even it's, a little bit. It's been in, it's been integral to everyone's education experience. If you were if you were the parent of a child in elementary school now, that gives a ballpark as to how old you are, which means that social emotional learning was part of your education um as well so think know, back that's, that's kind right? of the funny part <laughs> think back to when you're in school and you know there were lessons or activities that that taught you compassion or around empathy or to see things from another's perspective or to do some deeper thinking around it and you ask yourself if you feel you were being indoctrinated frankly right. if you were believing that uh, social emotional learning is connected to CRT now. I would say that this is you being indoctrinated now versus when yes. you were in school. Yes. Right. Yes. So now you've jumped on the indoctrination right. train. So you're maybe, being, uh, yeah. Maybe use some of those SEL skills you learned when you were a student um, and apply it to this. Um, all right. I think, I, I think, I think we can wrap up the conversation around. Yes, I can go on forever, but I won't because you'll hit the stop button. (laughs) I just, I just, I really, it's, I just want a, a, a kinder, gentler world. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and it truly, it starts with teaching our children how to be kinder and gentler and self-reflective and empathetic. And this is part of how that happens and no one's being indoctrinated at all okay so um thank you again for listening thank you for being a subscriber um if you are not one please become one on your favorite podcast platform we are everywhere we're like spotify we are on uh stitcher we are on amazon you can ask alexa to play us uh you know we're on google and apple podcasts you know iheart radio whatever whatever podcast platform you're on or your friends are on you're pretty much going to find us there if you are on a podcast platform and we're not there, please let us know and we'll do our best to get you on there. Um, you can also listen online if your friends don't know what a podcast is. Um, head over to With Love and Justice. <clears throat> Woo, that was going to happen there. With Love and Justice for All. Dot Podbean. 
Com. That's web website based uh, player that you can listen to us on. Um, have head over to projectsanctus.com um, to see what we have going on and to support us and um, let us continue to create a world that is grounded in love, in justice, in liberation, and let us continue to always do the work of decolonizing ourselves and becoming more aware of our internalized biases and our internalized cultural norms. So until next time. Let's get our holy on.